this is Aragon talking. This is the good human Murcia podcast. I have listened to literally one of the shows, you know, in the podcast. It was pretty fine. So, you know, when they told me that I was invited, I said, well, fuck, I just, I just didn't ask me anything. Blockbuster, I am the greatest fucking me of this, you know, Europe. But eventually I said yes, because, you know, these are cool people. I'm going to talk to them. And I am not going to lie, Mick. I want to tell you this, like, before we started, but I forgot because I was too busy talking about, I don't know what the fuck I was talking about, really. I talk about a lot of things. I I in Japanese, believe it or not. Uh, I was sure, oh, sorry, I was completely sure before this started that that girl, and now I realize that the girl is Anonsi, right? And I'm like, oh, right. So, like, all this time, I was like, Milk is the girl in the podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then, you know, Milk in the in the Discord chat, you know, that I joined today, we were talking about things that we do in our daily lives. And Milk was talking about all the, all the shit that he lifts, right? And he was like, yeah, sometimes I lift like 80 kilos, you know worth of wood with one hand and I was 80 fucking kilos like I remember this girl's voice she didn't sound like a girl who can't lift 18 kilos with one arm I mean nothing against but like you said they have a deeper voice and then he was like I can probably lift to 100 kilos that really you know breaking a sweat more than that I need to I need somebody to help me because I'm like holy shit like super and then he posts like like a selfie and it's like a dude with a bird and i'm like that is not a woman that is not a woman at all i have been full and i realized that yeah indeed i wasn't full i was just an idiot so why the fuck did he think that you were a girl how the fuck did he call you during the number okay i'm gonna pause you here we go oh. so we, ha we have to introduce everyone we have to introduce oh. everybody um we have oh. a non-pencil mm -hmm. with us who is the girl on the podcast hi i have a vagina uh, we mm -hmm. have Enigmatic Otaku. We're outsourcing today. My name is Flutter Priest, and we have Milk with us. <laughs> you got by now, we have Aragon as our guest, who likes to talk, and that's fine. Uh, but yeah. that said, we are merging this AI podcast, this podcast together with his AMA, and you have a ton of questions, Aragon, in the thread. Oh, uh, no, 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 we're not going to do that, because a lot of people who are, like, looking at, uh, you know, who ask questions in the AMA, how do you pronounce it, Ariane? Sorry, guys, I'm, like, dot in English. I don't know if you can tell by an extremely sexy accent. You can actually tell who likes me and who, you know, doesn't know me yet, because, you know, when I talk about my accent, the people who's not getting to me are like, no, no, it's a fine accent, it's kind of cool, you know, it's cute. Some girls say it's sexy. Some guys say it's sexy. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. And guys who know me for a while, they just go, you sound like you have like seven dicks in your throat at all times. Like this joke that I've made many times because it's something that I got, you know, asked many times. How many dicks you have in your mouth at all times to speak like this? And I was like, you know, in, in Spanish, I have like a perfect enunciation. And I don't. In Spanish, I sound like somebody who's like, you know, constantly making gargles with bleach. So what was the question again? I love my, ask, I love my phone. We're going to ask some questions from the thread. Oh right, um, right. Ask me questions from the thread, and I will, yeah, I will deal with the ask me anything later. Okay. All I will right. deal with the ask me anything All right. Later. Here, we're going to start with the questions from the thread. We're going to take mm -hmm. the first question from the sane one. He asked, okay. was the inheritance cycle really that good? 
fuck you. That is my, that is the first thing that I'm going to say. Fuck you. I hate the inheritance cycle. I hate it like with a fucking passion. I hate Aragon. The name Aragon actually comes. It's actually not pronounced Aragon. It's you know English people pronounce it that way, so I'm used to that kind of pronunciation. But actually, it's Aragon. It, it's Aragon. Aragon, right? Aragon. It's like, yeah, Aragon. It's like a place in Spain. It's actually the place that I'm in, you know, and it's the place where I was, you know, born and shit. Uh, when I when I went to fan fiction for the first time, I I just came out of a lot of anime forums. I was a weeb as a kid, and I hate myself for it. And I was like, you know, in those chats, I was like, you know, a Spaniard in a, in a website for Spaniards, and everybody had like a Japanese name because we truly hate ourselves. But here, I'm like probably the only Spaniard in a website uh, that speaks mostly in English. Yeah, I, I've only met like one Spaniard in the whole website. So I was like, I want to make it clear that I'm from Spain, Japanese motherfucker. So I just call myself the most Spanish thing that I could think of. And yeah, as yeah. I am an idiot, I just looked at a map and I went, and I hate Aragon. And that's the thing, like, I named myself Aragon, and I have read Aragon by that time, uh, and I hated that book, but I guess that... Are you telling me to slow down again, or is this like an old message? Mo Sorry, that's like... That's an old message. Moichido <laughs> okay. kurasai. Sorry, I don't, I don't really speak Japanese. I can only say that. I like two more words. It's just every single Japan, every single. Oh, okay. Good night. Sorry, my father was in the room, you know, listening to me with his heart and eyes because, oh my God, he's talking about the fucking ponies again, right? He's, he's talking, talking about, about the weep shit again. Yeah, he's talking about the weep shit or the fucking horses. He's talking about, he's saying Eragon a lot. Is he talking about that shitty book again? Oh my God, I hate my son so much. And uh, now he just went to bed. He just waited at me because he didn't want to interrupt me. He's such a sweet man. Anyway, I was looking at Yeah, Aragon. I don't really like Aragon. It's just, you know, a horrible coincidence that my name is so similar. I could go on on this for a while, right? Okay, okay. so then we're going to step in and move to the next question then. Okay. Um, I'm going to take I the next question from the same one. Um, okay. Is cheesecake really just a pie? It really depends on your definition of what is a cake and what a pie. See, I've heard that technically a pie has crust. Uh, is that no? Uh, yeah, a pie has crust and a cake doesn't. So technically, a cheesecake is a cheese pie, right? Uh, that makes sense to me. Crust. Yeah, that is the thing I have to say in this in this uh, topic. I'm sorry. It's just you know, a question that is like, do I like cheesecake? That is a good question. Do I like cheesecake? What does like even? I like cheesecake. I really like cheesecake. In Spanish, it's called pas. Well, what the fuck is it called in Spanish? Give me a second. So the name in Spanish actually makes more sense than in. Okay, so in the in the you know behind the scenes uh, we have like a Discord chat set up, and Emblematic Otaku is like telling me to like please slow down, please Aragon don't speak that fast, please. Slow down. Okay, that was a good. <laughs> start, <Aragorn. laughs> I'm Questions to say now, some questions okay. for a non pencil, you fuck ass. 
All right, fine. I'll okay, ask you. If I don't fence it, it's a while. Okay, okay. 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 Yes, yes, you can answer. You can answer. Pencil. I will try not to answer in your regard. Pencil, if you had to horrifically murder someone else on the podcast right now, who would you choose? And right why? now, you! Me? Yeah, for skipping well, yeah, my yeah, you tried to skip her questions. I was awful. Yeah, you skip her, skip her questions though because I am the guest. And, you know, I want to speak. Yeah. You know, nobody gives Actually, a shit about the nonsense. Yeah, it was the next question I wanted to answer, and then I'm good. Blood loop. Yes, we can move on now. Thank you. Okay. Now, questions. Is, is this even like a? Is, no, 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 no. This, this demands, you know, this demands explanation. Is blood loop some kind of joke that you have going, or is no. it like? Does he have any context behind it? Or did you just get asked blood and you went, fucking yeah, and then we moved on? Because but, I really don't know which one no, is there's, scary. There's no, there's, there's no other context. Uh, blood lube is just, you know, using blood as lube. That's it. Mm -hmm. There you go. What kind, of situation, what kind of social situation leads you to using blood? That's like, in what context you're so desperate for sex that you're like, dude, Either I kick my arm or I go balls deep it's, in hey, this hey, shit. Hey, I'm like, it's, it's, I have it's two not arms. desperation. It's a fetish. There you go. Oh, hey, sometimes oh, a hole is a hole is a hole is a hole, and it's wholly uncomfortable. Yeah, you got Yeah, I never, I never got fetishes. Okay, I'm not going to talking about fetishes because you know before this started, I used to do the the ask me anything thread out loud like a podcast like this exactly, and it took me 45 minutes to answer a question. It didn't really take me 45 minutes. I spoke for 45 minutes. I never answered the question. The people just left me. So I'm just going to make like a conscious effort to just stop talking when I start getting, you know, out of topic. So read the next question. The next question is from Celtic Fire. Is it really true you're not allowed at the nearest Buddhist temple and why? Oh, fucking yeah. I wanted to tell this story so long. It is indeed true that I'm not allowed at the nearest Buddhist temple. My followers know this, or the people who read my blogs know this, because I have hinted at this story many times, you know, because like my life is uh, like a never ending string of sitcom shit happening, you know. And I've talked, and I've, I've explained some of the most blatant ones, you know, the time I got kicked out of a mall for reading the Kama Sutra. The time that I lost a fight against a lamppost, the, the time that I lost a debate against a pigeon. But I've never talked about this one because it's like special for me because it's the only story that I have that is not like my fault. So I need a little bit of context here. I'm, I'm going to try to abridge it as much as possible. Okay. There's like, a, there's like a Buddhist temple in Aragon, not in me, not inside of me, in the place that I am, right? There's like right. a Buddhist temple in here. It's like not super close to my house, but like, I don't know, two hours by car. So it's like, a, and when it started, you know, it's a Buddhist temple in Spain. We're like a super Catholic uh, uh, country or a kingdom, a kingdom or a city, where like a super Catholic kingdom. So it's kind of weird for us to like see a Buddhist guy down the street. Nevertheless, even a Buddhist temple, you know, and it was like here. So everybody went to the Buddhist temple when it when it opened. And like there were like Buddhist temples that are just locals, you know, who one day woke up and I guess they they went, oh I guess that I'm a Buddhist now, even though there's like you know Buddhist tradition in Spain whatsoever. So it's just a Buddhist temple. It's really pretty, it has like statues and shit. It's like super cool in the middle of the forest. It looks really old, even though it's kind of new. And when, you know, when it opened, uh, like a couple months later, it was like a, the hottest tourist attraction. So my family was like, let's go there, let's go there. And I was like super young here. I was like two years old. And we went to the Buddhist temple and apparently, you know, I've heard that it's like super pretty. I've, I've, been, I've been there once, so I don't remember anything. And, you know, from what I've been told, 
my father went there without having breakfast, right? Because we woke up super early to avoid catching the traffic because it was like a national holiday and everything. And he just never had time to take any breakfast. He just drank a little bit of coffee and took the car and we went there. And, you know, he was like a man in his 50s with two kids that were like super young and we were always making noise and shit. So he got a little bit tired by the time we went there and he was hungry, right? And as my mother and my father were walking around the place with me and my sister, my big sister who's two years older than me, we use, I don't know, I like to think that we were uh, fighting the Buddha statues or whatever. My father is like, fucking hell, I'm so hungry. Do you know if there's like a restaurant here? Or like a restaurant, yes, in the Buddhist temple, yes. Do you think they have McDonald's at the church, Julio? My father is called Julio. And he was like, I don't fucking know, I don't know this place. Anyway, so they were walking around, and then my father looks at a statue, right? And he saw like a Buddha, a golden Buddha statue with hands, you know, uh, sort of, directed towards the, 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 the outside. He, he just was like begging, right? He was in, like in a begging posture and he had like food on the hands. And any normal person would have looked at that and went, oh, look, it's an offering to Buddha. And my father looked at that and said, oh, look, free food. So my father crossed the sacred garden, which is apparently something that you should never cross because everybody got really mad at him later. He stepped over the mandala or whatever the fuck they had in here. I think is he destroyed something just by walking in there. And then he looked at the sacred Buddha that nobody's allowed to touch. And he took the offering, right? Which was like a croquette, which is like a French thing. And he was like, huh, looks like shit, but you know, I'm still going to eat it. And he took a bite out of it. In front of like, apparently there were like Buddhists near him. Nobody stopped him for some reason, but there were like people looking and he just took a bite. And that thing was like an offering for Buddha or for something. I don't really know the Buddhist, the Buddhist faith, but that thing was an offering. And my father took a bite out of it. But that thing had been outside for three days or so, because again, it was a fucking offering. Nobody was supposed to eat that thing. It was just supposed to be there and then rot, and then they will clean it up. So he takes a bite and he goes, God, this is the most disgusting fucking croquette that I've ever tasted. So he spits it into the statue's face. So you have to imagine the situation from the perspective of Buddhist monk, right? You're just there preaching your inner peace and whatever, and you see like a jackass family with two kids who are like constantly screaming, and then the you know the pater familias who destroys everything that you've been working on for the last two months just by walking, takes a bite of the sacred offering, and then spits into a space. And yeah. apparently they didn't. Yeah, apparently they didn't call the police because my father, my father was like apologized. He never really apologized. They tell me he just went. This is fucking food, you know. I mean, sure. I, I get that it's your god, but it's not mine. I'm sorry, but I thought this was people. Look, I am really hungry. Okay. He never really apologized because he's a little bit of an asshole. He's my father after all. And yeah, they didn't call the police for some reason, but they chased out of the Buddhist temple, they took our names, they took our data, and they posted in there, and we are not allowed near the Buddhist temple. Like, like I can't get near that, because my father, you know, ate the sacred offering. This is fire when I speak, when I explain it in Spanish, I think. But yeah, I'm not allowed at the Buddhist temple. Oh, that's a this hell of a story. story. Yeah. All I heard was that your father got arrested. Yeah, no. No, 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 no. My father never never got arrested. We just got chased out, and then we went into the car, and then we got the fuck away from there. And then later, apparently the monks told people about this, and they had our names. So, like, people would ask us, like, did you did you really offend the Buddhist monks? Yeah. They chased you out? Yeah. Dude, they're like pacifists. By definition, they cannot chase you out. Well, they were really angry. I don't fucking know. I'm not allowed near that temple. I am scared to go there, because, yeah, they have my name. 
like my name is in a Buddhist temple on the wall saying, do not let this person enter. Alrighty, we're gonna go to a question from Davy Florida. <laughs> okay, perfect. Would you rather be cunningly brutal or brutally cunning? Define cunningly brutal though. Does it mean that I'm like hardcore, but like in a clever way? Yeah. And brutally cunning doesn't mean that I'm like like clever, but in a hardcore way. Yes, you got it exactly. I would say, I would say, I would say, I would say you know, hardcore in a clever way because everybody can it can be clever, but not everybody can be hardcore. Have you ever seen fucking Stephen Hawking? I don't know, like headbutting a table just for the sake of it? No, he's fucking I mean, hardcore. He can push. Shit. Yeah, well, exactly, that's exactly. because of his disease. <laughs> yeah, but he's also not hardcore enough to, to just not give a fuck about the disease, dude. Like, you're your own man. You can control that shit, probably. I don't so know. What, so what you're saying for Stephen Hawking is that he should just stop. <laughs> just stop. It. Yeah, he should stop. He should stop it. Okay, no, no. Like, this is to me. I really like Stephen Hawking. <laughs> really don't like let your dreams be dreams. Just, uh, yeah, just do it. Just headbutt a table. I, I, I have headbutt at a table. So like I have that over Stephen Hawking. I have a scar on my eyebrow because when I was five years old, apparently I saw like a table and I was like, I wonder what will happen if I hit that with my face. And three seconds later, I was like, oh, I know now what happened. I bleed and it hurts. So we have to go to the hospital. That apparently happened twice. I have like a scar and the scar is like super deep because I opened it again. Like I went home with stitches on the scar and I looked at the table and I just hit it again in the same spot, because I was truly a horrible child. This is where you, where you continue, no, that, that, where you that's or whatever, right? Hmm? I All think right, you answered the it. question perfectly. We're going to go to a question from the other, other guy, um, <laughs> who asks, when will you make a Patreon so I can give you my money? Yeah, I can never tell if the people who are asking me are like fucking with me, or actually telling uh, that they want me money, because I don't consider myself a good writer. I consider myself a person. I would say yeah. who's right, but do I write or do I just spew words? Uh, I never make a Patreon though. Let's let's you know keep on topic. I will never make a Patreon. I think I do have commissions open. You can just commission me something, but a Patreon is kind of like too professional for my taste. I have the I, I have the the theory that if I open a Patreon, like one person would bid one dollar. It will be my mother. She will include the you know. The captions, you know, I love you, Sona, will be like, thanks, mom. This is really emasculating, but, you know, could be worse. I yeah, I will never have a Patreon. Patreon. Yeah, exactly. yeah, donate to Nick's yeah. Patreon so he can buy pizza for himself. Oh, you, yeah. but... oh, you have a Patreon. That is so cute. I will never... <laughs> you have a Patreon. That's so cute. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> okay. All right, all right, all right. We'll we'll go to uh, oh, I'm trying to just take one question from everyone as we go down because I realize we're gonna go through this really quick. We're already 22 minutes in. What? Um, really? I was yeah. I was going to tell you something like too rough so much. We're like going at a good pace. Like it's we're being like what five minutes into the podcast? No, it's 20 minutes already. This is like an episode of MLT. I am so bad at measuring time when I'm speaking. This is amazing. If I could speak in reverse, I will travel in time. What? Sorry? Yes. Uh, next question, please. Next question. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to take a question from Major Dude, and I'm I'm being partial to this oh, question because I know a certain friend of mine who is very interested to hear about this particular story of yours. He mm -hmm. asks, I noticed that the story, Daring Done, where Rainbow Dash writes a Daring Do fan letter to Twilight's mother, oh, who is the author of Daring Do, 
So yeah, this is 2016. It must have sucked to see that AK Yearling actually wrote it. And it turns out that she's daring do. Um, what was your reaction to that episode uh, where the kind of fanon of Daring Do changed and kind of made the story obsolete? And what do you think about um, Daring Do conventions in the show? I did not give a fuck because I have had sex with women before, so I know not to get too worked up with cartoons. Nah, I'm just kidding. I never have sex. Uh, I didn't really give a shit about anything like this. I, I remember watching, you know, I remember seeing the list of episodes and being like, holy shit, there's an episode called Darren Don't. I mean, that is kind of like an obvious band, you know, I made it. So I wonder what will happen in there. Maybe the, the story will, you know, get fucking just, but eh, who gives a shit? And then I watched the episode and I remember thinking, be awesome. I was not expecting anything cool, but then, you know, the Darren do scene. No, wait, that was Darren. That was like, you know, Aragon. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. I, I got the, the episode mixed up. They're I watched it you... and I was like, this is cool. Eh, this is pretty be... cool. <laughs> There could be an explanation. There could there could still be an explanation that could still conform to your canon, where it could be that Derry do just writes everything it's in the journal yeah, and, right and then passes exactly. it to and Twilight's mother. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I didn't really mind because I was like, you know, it's a fiction. People are not going to unread it, and I'm just still going to write it. What I did was the next the next story that I wrote in that uh, in that series, I tagged it as alternative universe. It, it dealt with Twilight's mother still writing Darren Do, but the next ones I just never mention what does Twilight Velvet actually write, so it's technically like a scanner. I didn't really mind it much. I was like, okay, so I guess that my episode is not... Actually, one thing uh, did bother me. I hate the alternative universe tag. It's one of the tags that I can't fucking stand. The random tag, I can deal with. The sad tag, I hate it. And the alternative universe tag, if you are truly writing an alternative universe fic, then uh, use it by all means. I might even read your fiction. But if you're just changing one thing, I can't fucking stand it. I like, I, I do believe that canon should be a little flexible when you're writing a fanfic. It's like the philosophy I have with, say, background ponies. Uh, I don't think that you should write background ponies always the same way. Now that the episode 100 is out there, and you can say that they have like a quote-unquote canon personality, maybe the rules are more set in stone, but I remember before that happened, right? Every single person in the in the fandom would write Octavia the same fucking way, and I hated it. In fact, I would treasure every single story that made the absolute opposite, right? Okay, Flutter Pieces, please tell me, bring me back to that and do, we don't give a shit about this. Okay, so later, <laughs> I know that somebody's going to ask me about this because I didn't read the questions, uh, so I will talk about this later. Uh, yeah, there and do. I didn't really mind. I guess the short, question, the short answer is, I didn't really mind it, you know, I was like, eh, fuck it, I'm, I'm not going to tag it, Alternative Universe, because fuck that, you know, Grandfather Close, it was out there before the episode was canon, so fuck you. In fact, some people told me, you know, you should tag this Alternative Universe, and I didn't reply, fuck you, because I am not that childish, and because, you know, Mr. Numbers was there, telling me, please, not to do that. Oh, okay, I have to drink now. Um, you know, second? <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, he, he, told me not to, he told me not to go, just fuck you, other guy. He was like, dude, he's just asking. I was like, ah, you're right. Uh, you're such a cool guy. And then I just wrote something like, this was written, the canon, yada, yada, yada. Thing is, uh, yeah, my opinion on fanfiction is kind of relative. You know, that I have like a weird, a lot of people who um, might talk to about fanfiction get angry at me because they think that my philosophy is quote unquote wrong. Uh, I remember Kitsune Heisu in particular. I had like a long discussion with him once about how to write, what to write, and shit. I don't consider my, I, I don't think that my philosophy has any name whatsoever. But I remember telling it to my sister, and she was like, "That's 
Some people call that for postmodernism. I was like, and I guess it is. I don't really give a fuck. And then I told this to Mr. Numbers, and he told me the the fact that you only call yourself a postmodernist because people call you a postmodernist is in itself pretty postmodernist. So I guess the, the level fits you. So I didn't really care. I didn't really care. I thought that it was, you know, just fun. I liked the episode. I thought it had silly stuff. I didn't really like Rainbow's face in that episode. You know, you know the face I'm talking about. I don't really have to explain it to you when she goes I like this. No, because you can just hear the in the air when she makes it. And it's like, you know, I already know that Rainbow Dash is stupid. You don't have to hammer me over the head with it. Someone's gonna someone's gonna someone's gonna chorus someone's gonna take that sound bite if you're going the <laughs> I make that sound so often that I don't really think it's going to like an issue. It's like the other day my editor was taking quotes out of me uh, of me out of context. Like, well, that was my personal twelve year old orgy or so that's why I hate gay people. And he was like, you know, I can take this out of context and it looks really bad. And I'm like, dude, I speak so much that nobody can share if that, you know, everybody looks at him and they're like, yeah, just by st statistically speaking, he said that. But because he's probably by this point said a particular combination of words ever possible, you know, in English. So, eh, I don't really care. I made the dang sound a lot. I mean, you've seen that face. It's a horrible face. It's really ugly. I like that the show is trying to be more plastic lately and make like more expressive faces. I really like it. I really think that cartoons should like be able to be like more visual interesting and be like more more elastic and more things. I think it's like a really thing because you're animating, right? You can create whatever you want. So why would you force yourself solid as possible? Yeah, sometimes it works if you're doing something, I don't know, uh, realistic. But if you're doing something that is more cartoony, I'm consciously uh, slowly myself down. If you're Doing something that is cartoony, I think that you should allow yourself to be cartoony because that is the fucking word that you're using to describe your own series. So I like right. that. But sometimes I think that they make it too elastic and it becomes ugly, right? And it they should be allowed to be ugly, but you know, think uh, Recipes Magic is like mostly a cute series. I got into it because it was cute. So when they go from cute to just really fucking casting to the eye, it's like, yeah, I kind of mm, not like it that much. I don't like that much. Make it cartoony cute. Don't make it cartoony unless the joke is that it's ugly. So with Pinkie Pie's generation free face. So I'm going to shut up now because I can just hear you fucking internally being like, please go I'm back jumping to the in dick first here. Okay. Sorry. I'm jumping in dick first. We are going to go to a new question. Um, that covered a lot. So we're going to go to over to <laughs> Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. No, 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 no. I, want, I want to answer. I want to answer one question because I, you know, when you did it, I opened the thread and I and I saw one question. Why the number of major-rated stories? That actually surprised me. This was what major, I think. That did surprise me. Is it weird for people not to play major-rated stories? I'm going to ask you this question. My opinion, but I want to hear yours because I think that I think that uh, Mir hasn't been able to speak since the podcast started. So let's give him an opportunity. Why do you think he asked me that? Do you think it's weird for an author, for a quote-unquote popular author, I can consider myself popular, more on that later, uh, is it weird for a popular author not to write porn? Can you be popular without writing porn? What is the thing of popular? Why the major to ask the question? What is the so, meaning behind the question? So, taking a step back, um, <laughs> is it is it... Major okay, dude asked whether you can get popular without writing mature stories or getting popular without writing porn. And I think you definitely can. People like Colton Gardez does do that. Uh, I do think it's more clickbaity in order to write like mature rated stories. 
Um, that said, uh, th does anyone else have any particular input on that? What, what was that? I, I was asked to speak. I would like to speak a little. Maybe you can. Oh, then I will go back to my cave. Why is Milk not speaking? Is Milk even here? I wonder. Milk never talks during the podcast. Yeah. That's his joke. Milk, wake up. Oh, I'm, I'm awake. Behind the curtain. I'm awake. I, I, I'm, I'm not playing Pokemon, I swear. Sorry. I'm not playing Fire Emblem Pokemon. either. Oh, you play Fire Emblem? Oh, man, I love Fire Oh, oh, no. No, they like each other. Abort! Have... Abort! No, we can't <laughs> do this. The... <laughs> I have the I have the, the collectors edition of Fire Emblem Fates, so I have all three games. I in have one. All, all three as well. I'm playing them right now while we're. Oh fucking yeah, man! Fucking yeah, that's pretty cool. If it wasn't for your name, I would like you. But you call yourself Otaku, so I have to hate you. Sorry. <laughs> Let's not get off track, though. Let's continue you're, you're this. Good, you're, good, uh, you're in good shape if you're. See, in fact, remember that thing I said about uh, cartoons needing to be visual and interesting? That is the main problem I have with anime. I, okay, no, I'm not going to go to this. Yeah, no. don't, don't no. go with that. Okay. That's, that's I'm going to go to a question for Tony Montana, and I think it's going to okay. be the most interesting question that we have. So. Oh. I want you, I'm, I'm going way down on this list of questions. I want you, in only one word, to describe each princess. Only one word? Yes. Okay, first question. So I beat myself time. Do we consider Flurry Heart uh, a princess in this context? Yes. Do we consider Shiny Narmor a princess in this context? Y yes. Shiny Narmor? Okay, uh, how would I describe them in one word? Well, Celestia, I mean, the princesses in the context of the show or how I write them? Context of the show, the one show? word, her princess. Okay, for princess. Immortal, uh, sorry, Celestia would be probably either royalty or teacher or immortal. I personally prefer immortal. I write here as immortal first, everything else later. But the thing about Celestia is such a complex we use a lot of words. You can use mother, you can use teacher, you can use authority, you can use phantom, you can use uh, dead, you can use she should have gone away from the show in the first season because from the third season onwards she's completely useless. You can use, I still like her though. I really I really think that you could also use uh, she's actually my favorite character, not for what she does in the show, but because I really like uh, writing her, it's actually kind of humiliating how every single time that I'm trapped in a story, I don't know how to continue. I just write Celestia and it starts itself. If you ever see a story of me with Celestia randomly pops up, it's because I was hitting a writer's block and I just really like writing her. So I would just say immortal. Okay, pause. <laughs> and what was the word, word for Celestia? What princess? What princess? Okay, okay, Luna. You know, the easy way out would be to say dream, dark, or something like that. What defines Luna as a character? And I would think that she is the teacher. Especially now. Especially she's like the, the protector of the children. So the babysitter. The, the dream, not the dream walker, not the nightmare. The, the what is a word for? Mother. So yeah, mother. What you're going for is nanny? Yeah, maybe, maybe. This is completely a headcanon of mine, but I do like to think of Luna as the protector of the children. I really say that because I don't know if this was like on purpose or what. Every single major episode with Luna, except the one in which they help her, involves her uh, children. 
the first major Luna episode was about Nightmare Night, and it was about her relationship with people, but they used the children as a metaphor for her relationship with society. Uh, and then the three, you know, Cutie Marcus Crusaders episodes, which are obviously about the, the Cutie Marcus Crusaders and her, so that's children. And I think she hasn't had any other cool episode aside from that. She also had, like, that cameo as Death or as the Phantom of Christmas Future in the Christmas episode, but that wasn't canon and that wasn't really Luna. It was like a stand-in for Luna. So, yeah, I like to think of her as a nanny in the fact that she protects the children. And I think that's like a really interesting idea because who is the one who's afraid of the dark? Who is, a, who is the one who really needs somebody for their dreams? Not adults, but adults with the children. You can then bring this that into is Luna. Luna is nanny. So, okay. what? Kate, this into, you know how a lot of people are like, uh, yeah, I told you that, they were, you know, when we started, somebody said in the chat, you know, maybe you should meet four hours for Aragorn to, you know, to say everything. And then I think Merck was like, Haha, that will be fun. Yeah. And I looked at that and went, they think that they guy is joking, right? They really think that this is, they really think that I'm exaggerating when I say that I never shut the fuck up. They do truly believe that this is a joke. Man, are they going to be fucking disappointed when this starts, right? Anyway, I do think that uh, Luna's backstory even makes more sense if you think of her as the protector of the children because she was angry that ponies were sleeping at night. But adults don't always sleep at night, especially if we think of Equestria as a more civilized Thing. Of course, this was a hundred years ago, so a thousand years ago, so maybe it wasn't that blatant. But right now, they have like nightclubs and shit, and they have like celebrations and, you know, formal dinners or people having sex, right? So there's always people awake. There's always adults awake at night, but never children. They don't play at night. They have to go inside and sleep and be quiet and not be fun. I like to think that that's why Luna got angry, because she is the child god. <laughs> She's the god of the children. <clears throat> and next... N All next right. princess, well, but next princess it. is Cadence. Yes. But shit, the answer is shit. The answer is trash. The answer is trash. No, no, no. I love Cadence. Oh, I absolutely love Cadence for the worst fucking reason. I love Cadence because she is pink. That's it. Pink. Wait, how she described? Wait, 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 wait. Because she's That's pink. It. Pink, pink. pink. Oh, sorry, sorry, my, my pronunciation. Rosa, uh, it's rosa. It's the color rosa. She's pink, right? I really like the color pink. It's just that, you know, my favorite pony is Pinkie Pie. I like it. I didn't even notice that I liked the color pink until my little brother saw me play Pokemon, you know, and I was playing Pokemon with him. And I now and then I would say, oh man, I love this Pokemon. Oh, I love this Pokemon, but only when he's shiny and shit. And he said, and he said, do you realize that you only like like the pink one? And I was like, nah. No, really, you only like the pink ones. Look at it. And he put every single Pokemon that I liked on a line, and every single one of them was pink. And I was like, holy fucking shit, I have a type. And indeed, I like Cadence because I find her aesthetically pleasant because she's pink. I like her daughter because she's pink. I just find her adorable. I also like children. In fact, that's the thing, right? I consider, I'm going to jump to the next princess because I can see that you're desperate right now because you thought, oh man, he can only say four. It's going to be a, you know, a short question, isn't it, I Um, Cadence would be pink, or princess, actually. One of the characters, one of the four princesses is a princess. It's really Cadence, I believe. And I would say that she's, yeah, princess, and her daughter is just baby, or child. Baby, the baby! Her name is yeah, exactly. the baby. Or child, child. I think that child is, like, more whimsical, right? I like to be whimsical. 
people go, oh man, this guy is deep and he's smart. And you know, no, I just like the sound of the word child. He's the child. She's the child. And then we have shiny armor, which we established as a princess too. Wait, uh, is a princess? I, I asked. The first thing that I asked was like, shiny armor context. And Priest was like, yeah. No, no, we were talking about Flurry. We were talking about Flurry Heart. Flurry Heart is like a Flurry Heart is is child. I tell you, she is child. Let's leave it at that. Yeah. yeah. So so now Shining Armor, who in this context is a princess, he's a prince, but pretty much the same. Who would be? I think he's nothing. I think he has no personality whatsoever in the show. I write him as an idiot, but I he he doesn't have anything going on. He's he's just there. In the comics, he's a nerd. In the show, he's just there. He's just a pony-shaped void. Like, he's there, so so Twilight can be like, oh, I love my brother, but even the episode in which he was presented was more about Cadence than about him, so I don't fucking know. He's just there. That's the, that's the word for saying that more. There. Because he's there. He exists. He occupies space, right? I like this five second gap every single time that I stop because you, you're like processing what I just said, maybe it's uh, my it's, accent, it's, and being like, we hear, we hear did he stop or is he going to start again? You know, there's like always like a five second gap. My advice is the moment that I stop talking, you talk. Don't okay. Get okay. Okay. Boom. We're talking now. This is the point at which we're talking in the podcast now. Um, that I, uh, we're gonna cut off that question there. I'm gonna move down to um, Doom Guy six six six. Aragon, this is extremely important. What color oranges? Oh, don't you just love this? Because I have like the longest explanation for this. It's not as easy as it sounds. Because see, when I was a kid, I always asked myself, Are oranges called orange because they are orange? Is the color orange called orange? Oranges are orange. Uh, and it's the second time. Uh, oranges were called red or even pink in some cultures before, you know, the color orange actually became its own thing. So if you look at like super old text, these oranges are in fact red. It's just at some point people started to talk, you know, about red, uh, you know, this, you know, the color of the oranges, this is orange red, right? Orange red, orange red eventually became orange because it was just word, you know, and like nothing else is called orange in context of colors. So actually, oranges, my brain. So oranges are orange colors. Oranges are orange colors. This is also true in Spanish. I might add. So, so I don't they're know. Not they're, they're not uh, Aka. They're not Aka, pues. Yes. Pretty much. One can go to questions from Crystal Wishes. Crystal Wishes, she's special. We like her. Um, I like Crystal Wishes. I met her today. She was nice. That's all nice. that I have to say about her. She has a parrot called Mango, right? And it's like apparently, uh, and it's not very, but she told me she was. It was like really cute. Anyway, you can continue now. I just uh, say that to I'm gonna take the question from her that asks: You have a permanent index on your pin profile about it feels rapey. <laughs> Why did you yeah. spend two weeks reading terrible romance fix? Actually, the explanation is lame. It's as lame as it sounds in the index. Uh, for the ones that don't follow me, who I don't know what they're watching this podcast, but you know, thanks for that. Uh, I have a, an index called It Feels Ready. This is the title of the first blog about shitty romance that I wrote. And if you read that, those blogs, it says right there that I my computer broke, right? My computer broke down. Uh, it just went dead. So I was left in college, you know, with like a thousand essays with nothing but a phone, but a, you know, a shitty smartphone to pass the time. 
So I use to AO3, which is like a really bad fan fiction website. It can be good. It can be good sometimes. Uh, I found that it really isn't most of the time. And I just said, fuck it, I'm just going to read fanfics because why not? And I just like to read romance. It's one of my favorite uh, topics to read about. I've read like a shit ton of romances. You cannot believe how many romantic books I've read in my lifetime. Every single one of them, pretty much. And I just spent two weeks reading them. Why this? So like, what, the thing is, I read so much romance that, you know, when I was a kid, I just liked anime, as I said, and I mostly watched and read romantic comedies. And it always bothered me because at some point you start to see the cracks in the narrative and you can see what is going to happen next. Your immersion is broken because the show is not following in internal rules that make sense. What the show is doing is following rules, the rules from the narrative, the rules from the genre. And at one point it becomes so fucking echo chamber is that it stops following reality and it just follows the conventions without them making any sense outside of the context of the show. But you see an, a romantic comedy anime and the guy trips and accidentally gropes the female character who then gets angry and slaps him around, but then they're friends. No human has ever acted this way. This is not how a human reacts. But you have seen so many shitty shows that you don't even, uh, you know, uh, see it anymore. You just go, of course this happens. This is what always happens. No, it's not what happens. So after reading this for two weeks, I had stopped reading, I had stopped watching anime for a long time. So I was like kind of purified. I was cleansed. So I read a lot of anime fanfiction, romantic fanfiction. I was like, this is really, really bad. But instead of stopping, I just, as a joke, I wrote every single time that I saw like a cliche or a mistake that I recognized, I would write it down in a list. The list ended up being so long that I was like, I need to write about this. So the question was, why did I do this? Do I hate myself so much? And the answer is not really. I was just bored and I always read romance. So at some point, at one point, I just stopped caring if the romance is bad or good because if it's truly bad, you can still enjoy it by just laughing at it. And also I wanted to complete the list. So on the second day, it was mostly because, you know, the list is so big and so many mistakes repeat themselves. I want to see just how deep this hole goes, right? I want to see just how many of these mistakes appear every single time. And then as a joke, I said, I'm going to write a blog about this. And it became really popular. The blog was surprisingly hard to write because it's not my usual voice. My usual uh, funny, quote unquote, voice is more self-deprecating than anything. I just make fun of myself. But I said, let's punch down for once. Aaron. Let's not talk about myself as like Aaron, somebody who hates himself. Aaron, yes? I'm going to stop you. OK. You're um, no fun. That's espacio. <laughs> um, I I have my own personal question. Okay. How often do you breathe? <laughs> I studied how to play the oboe uh, for six years in high school. So I actually have like a super good lungs and I can go for a really long time without actually breathing. That is part of the question why I never shut up. Uh, and also, I mostly, I have no idea, I never really thought about this. And I, I study, uh, you know, law in college, and I speak in public a lot, and some teachers always tell me, you know, but then I will have to do a presentation, and they always tell me the same, you know, really good, uh, you're really good at it, you know, you're really good at speaking in public, but please slow down. I'm like, I was speaking as slowly as possible, and they tell me, I can't see when you're breathing. I know that you are breathing because you're not dead. But when do you breathe? But I clearly stop and take breath. How often do you do just... public speaking? <laughs> really often, really often. 
In fact, like if I'm not usually when I'm like in a crowd and shit, I don't know if you can see why, but whenever I'm like surrounded by people, I am the one who's talking all the time. So that kind of counts as public. You know, there's 20 people in the room and there's one motherfucker speaking, and that motherfucker is me. Uh, but officially, like every week or so, I have to do a presentation or to or to discuss something in class. And you know, when there's like a debate in class, you just know that I'm going to be there, fucking ruling it. Maybe I have no idea what I'm talking about, but I will be there just speaking about whatever. You know, about fucking whatever. This is tax law. Fuck it. We're going to talk about Donald Trump now. Why? Because I am the one speaking. None of you. Talk We're going to talk about Donald Trump. Trump. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm going to get ask question. The next question from Blade. He asks, "Suk, Suk, where does the word Suk come from?" <laughs> okay, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to keep talking. Uh, <laughs> where does Suk come from? I know this from the context of Tumblr, but every single time that I see it, I wonder how should I read this out loud? Does it come from success? It's obviously a pun on, you know, Suck, as in Suck my dick, or Suck your dick, or Suck yeah. a dick, or Suck something that is not a dick. But why, why do they write it this way? Like, where, this is a meme. It's like a, it's like a non-universal angel. So, the humor... <laughs> okay, okay. Do you, okay. do you, tr okay, okay, <laughs> I can go because, question. you know, what is the definition of a meme, if not a universal <laughs> agent? Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Before, <laughs> before the podcast, everybody, everybody, shut up, shut up, you guys, I need to speak for once. Uh, before the podcast, started, I'm, talking, no, I'm speaking to the audience, I'm speaking to the audience. Before this all started. Everybody was like laughing, you know, they were like, oh man, this is going to be so fun. <laughs> he does speak a lot, but you know, he just made a joke and shit. This is going to be enjoyable. And you're fucking regretting this now. Anyway, uh, next question if you want. I mean, I can go on about the memes because this is like no, a, a thing that I mean. No, no, next because question. How do you I'm analyze a, a joke? From, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to a question from Fluffy Unicorns. Um, why is Cadence pink and the aura is blue while Serenity has blue in his mane and his aura is pink? I never really noticed that, but oh my god, I just burped, sorry. This is so, so rude of me, sorry, I'm drinking beer, I'm drinking beer. I find it really disgusting when people do this. Sorry, I am kind of sick in the stomach as I'm speaking, so I have like the vapors, as my grandma used to say, I fart like a madman, um, and then I burp now and then. I'm drinking beer, so I have like a lot of gas inside. Sorry, I would try not to burp anymore. I have only burped once in the podcast. How, how long is this podcast so far? Again, one hour? We, we are an hour deep. We are halfway done. Uh, already? Holy shit. We're almost done with the th Oh, we're not almost done, are we? Sorry, I'm not going to speak in Spanish. Uh, Enigmatico Taku is Mexican, and yeah, we can speak in Spanish because we're bros, apparently. So I never noticed this about the auras, but if it's true, it's really, really fun. I mean, it's, I guess that it's a play on them being like soulmates. Right. Uh, oh my God! I just looked at the at the comments on the blog that I post. You know, like the podcast is starting, and this is just one comment by King Moriarty. You know, the commenters that I love the most are the ones who like obviously like me and like read all my shit and stuff, but they kind of insult me because you know I am myself. And he just says like the only thing he says, "You fail the one word test," and I can just feel the despise in his voice as he says this. Amazing. Anyway. Um, I would say that this is because they're soulmates. We're talking about Cadence and Shining Armor, in case that you forgot. 
Uh, I think that they're just soulmates, you know, maybe this is how they fell in love. Yeah, I know that the comics say that they are, you know, uh, that they met in high school and whatever, but the comics also said that Twilight Velvet was that into author and look at how that ended. So the comics are soft canon at best, which means they are canon unless the show says otherwise, which is literally true about every single thing in the universe. Every single fanfic is canon unless the show says otherwise. So maybe this is how they realized that they were truly, uh, you know, meant for each other. When they look at the orders and they were like, you know, the most internal part of me, the most intimate thing that I can produce, you know, what is literally the essence of myself is the color of your form. So either I'm really, really, really in love with you or, you know, chosen for each other. And it's like a super cool story. See, that is a good, a good love story. And not this fucking bullshit, oh, I guess that I tripped and I grabbed your boob for the 10th time, do you love me yet? Kind of jackassy masturbatory fantasy that most anime romans try to do. Because they have so much shit to do about the romance uh, blocks. Can you believe that? I am lost. I am lost. We're going to move on to another question. Go, go, pick. Vylon. It's Vylon, everyone's favorite. I don't even have it. Okay, I have a question instead of. Vylon has a question. No, I want to ask this question. Vylon asks Can your tongue lick clits as fast as it forms words? Vylon knew. Uh, I don't know, as your mother, but like, I think oh. that I guess oh. I It's the most basic comeback that I can make. It's literally, you know, I just said it to say, let's get over with this. But <laughs> anyway, do I really speak that fast in English? And I speak fast, so I know. <laughs> yeah, but like right now you're speaking, you're speaking a lot about Right? Like sometimes I am kind of self-conscious and I'm like, yeah, I'm speaking slightly fast because I just got excited. Like when I talk about cartoons, I'm being visually interesting. When like a topic really grabs me. If the topic doesn't grasp me, this, grab me, I this speak This right now is fast. Are you the major modern fast. general? Yeah, I like to, I actually like to, I actually like to try to, fa to rap. Whenever I, I listen to a rap song, you know, I always like the fastest rap. ones and I try to rap as fast. Yeah, I try to rap along the music and I'm surprisingly bad at it. I'm really bad at rapping. I, I, I am formally, um, you know, instructed in music. I know how to play a couple of instruments. I can sing like a fucking angel, uh, but I can't rap. I have a good sense of rhythm. I just can't rap. Even if I try to, I mean, I have been listening to Hanukkah for like, I don't know, three months straight, and I can't rap along because I'm just really, really fucking bad. All right, I'm going to go to a question. Shame. I'm going to go to a question from Lisa Claire. Anyway, yes, by Lisa Claire. I like Lisa Claire. She's a good friend of mine. Lisa, Lisa's You're a sweetheart, right. so we're happy to have questions. Mm -hmm. Could you explain Absolutely. to the public why Octacord is best pairing? Because both her and I have written about that pairing, and I think that is that nobody else has written a story with Octavia and this girl being romantically involved. The thing is, I didn't write this story because I thought it would be funny or anything. I wrote this story because it was a friend, uh, you know, the birthday of a friend of mine. A friend of mine's birthday? How the fuck do you say this in English? A friend of mine, you know, was becoming a year older. Let's say this in the most awkward way possible. Selby. His name is Selby. He used to be my editor. Now he's just a friend. And he hates Discord. And he loves Octavia. So I said, okay, I'm going to give you like a birthday present. And it's going to be what you hate the most. And what you love the most. So it's going to, and just made it up in the moment, right? I said, 
uh, it's going to be Disco making out with Octavia. And he said, there is absolutely no way you can make me laugh with that prompt. And it took me five words to make him laugh. And I was like, I just want the fucking bed. But then I wrote the actual story. It's a pretty fun story. A lot of people hated it because it has a horrible title because, again, it was a joke present. But yeah, it was like Octavia and this girl being together. And, but, and you know, I told Liz, you know, this, I did this before I met Liz. And then when I met Liz, I was like, oh, you're the, you're the one who wrote, uh, you know, seven letters for Discord, right? Because a lot of people told me, oh, you know, this looks like a sequel to this fan fiction that I've never read. And don't say that she also wrote Octavia and Discord being in a romantic relationship. So that was something that we had in common before we met each other. Although she wrote it like seriously, and I wrote it as a joke again. In my story, Discord is not really in love with Octavia. She's just fucking with her and fucking with Twilight. Octavia, though, I write her like a fucking idiot who is really in love with Discord because she's not really in love with him. She's in love with the idea of being in love, which I think I'm going to start talking now. Because if I start, I'm not going to shut up. Whenever I start talking about romance, you shut me up because I have a lot of opinions on this topic, right? Right. So then we'll go to the next question uh, from Snuffy. Um, uh, we'll, we'll take his third question. Uh, Snuffy doesn't see a lot of Spaniards on Filmfic typically. So is ponies a big thing over there? Do you see a lot of bronies? I've met What's one the state brony. of the fandom in Spain? Yeah, I've, <laughs> met, I've met one brony in my entire life. A Spanish brony. I've met a couple of bronies outside, uh, you know, from Hungary and shit. Uh, and there was what, one guy, I turned him into a brony and then he dropped from the fandom. This is when I used to write comics instead of fiction. He was the artist. Uh, so ponies are really nothing here. Because first of all, the dub is horrible. Second of all, the English level in Spain is awfully bad. Like I only speak English because I taught myself to do it. Because really, the the formal education of English in Spain is like embarrassingly bad. Nobody can speak in English. Nobody in my age. Nobody older. Nobody younger. It's embarrassing. So nobody really watches ponies. Um, when you go to a con sometimes, to the Spanish Comic Con, which I've been a couple of times, uh, sometimes you see brownies in there, but it's like 20 people at most, and I've never talked with them. Because, you know, I'm just doing other stuff, but I'm like, you know, I start talking. Plus, it's probably going to be awkward because we like the show. Okay, I can speak for hours about the show, but I can speak for hours about everything. Maybe we won't have any chemistry, so better not to force it. I wouldn't say that it's like a big thing. There is one comic author that I like who is like a fan of, of ponies, a webcomic author, uh, and he actually faked one of my stories and I was like pretty awesome when it happened. But that's kind of it. It's really not a thing in Spain. I only met the ponies because, you know, I I always brought like American sites, I'm British. So I just saw it on Fortan or whatever, and I went, ah, why not? It's cute, it's pink, I like cute things, I like pink things, so why not give it a try? And then I just marathoned the entirety of season one in two days, and then I was like, I guess that I like this now. But yeah, there are no bronies in Spain, right? The, you know, it's like really, really little ponies here, really little bronies. And if you look to in fiction, you're probably going to meet like two guys who are like from my hometown, or from my hometown, from my home kingdom, from my home country, from Spain. Alrighty. Now we'll go to a question from Martin Seiko, who is quite infamous. Um, yeah, I know. He's a friend of mine. He's a friend of mine. He's a really cool guy, I guess. How many fake goods have you fornicated with in the last month? <clears throat> See, I would say less than five, but that would be like... The thing is, uh, why is this question asked, is what I like to ask myself. Because why do we 
turn the idea of having sex with an inanimate object into a taboo or a joke. I, I start many of my blogs saying shit like, well, I just ran into a forest and fucked what I hoped was a tree. We can never be truly sure of this. And then I continue with the story of the blog. But like, why do we consider this something to, to laugh about? Because yeah, I know it's silly, silly. Me fucking a cake, it's silly. But like in the end, it's nothing about masturbation. I think this plays on the topic of the taboo of sexuality, especially among women, you know, like I remember when the sex, well, I'm the first offender in here. I remember when the sexologist came to my high school when I was a kid and she explained masturbation by explaining how she liked to fuck her sofa. And she was really graphic about this. And, you know, it was like one of the most disgusting things that I've ever seen. It was just, just like a really, sorry, he was, he was really ugly, but that has nothing to do with anything. It was just, just like a really, I didn't like this woman. I found her like really, the, the way she spoke, she was trying to relate to the teenagers, but it only made her sound crass. She was trying to speak in this formal, you know, way, but she said, instead of ejaculate, she said, cam or geez. And it was just so cringe-worthy. And then she started, yeah, this is how I rub it to the sofa. This is how I fuck my sofa. And I was, please, choose a voice. Either, either you talk like a teenager from the 70s or you speak like an actual professional. I would personally prefer it if you spoke like a professional, but it would be pretty funny if you try to relate to us more. So please choose a voice because the way that you're doing it is just bringing the, the worst of both worlds. So that's how I got traumatized. So, and I remember thinking that was really, really funny, but the way you saw it is just fucking anime, anime, inanime, blah, blah, inanimate object. It's just masturbation. And masturbation is technically natural. Everybody does masturbation. Dogs do masturbation. So why do we see this as taboo? And it's just, you know, this idea society has that sexuality is something bad, something to hide. And I don't think that is, you know, a good thing to do. So maybe we should stop making jokes about me fucking cakes because I am not going to stop fucking cakes anytime soon. But on the other hand, you know, those jokes are pretty funny. And as I said, I'm not going to start fucking cakes. So, eh, I don't really know how to answer. I guess that you defeated me with this one. Oh, pretty much. Well, actually, you defeated these guys because they were thinking, okay, so what is he going to speak about now to make this question way too long? Come on, surprise us. And I guess that I just did because, you know, they are quiet again. No, we're listening. It's a combination of awe, I suppose. I mean, some. It's 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 a fetish. Some people just want to fuck a muffin, or some people want to fart into a cake. cake there are things, farts are a thing. They are definitely a thing. It is on the internet. It is everywhere. Um, some people are into pastries, I guess. But honestly, we're just sitting here, kind of in awe right now, just like, oh my god, I wish I had a stopwatch and a word counter. Holy fuck, man. Yeah, this um, is insane. I I've never heard anyone talk this fast before, so I. I apologize, so we're not saying much. Um, we we don't we literally do not know when to start talking um, to, to the exact question. Yeah. So now that, uh, now that uh, I have control of the floor, we're gonna jump back over to questions. And there's a question from Venates that we're gonna get to. Yay. Um, he asks, most of your questions are comedies. How would you define your sense of humor and where do you get your inf inspiration um, for comedy and what influences you in your comedy? This is a really good question. Uh, when I started writing, and I was 15 years old, I tried to keep this story as short as possible, out of, you know, um, because I do really feel your suffering at this point. <laughs> so uh, when I started writing, I remember thinking that I was like more of an adventure writer because I didn't really read comedy. But as time went on, I was always the clown of the 
of the class and at one day i just found my voice this sounds really corny when i say it this way i found a style that i was comfortable with and a style i get rapid fire dialogue because i am most comfortable when, speak, when people speak really fast and all the time right so like i can you know guess that you can see why so uh i just realized that i was really not good but really comfortable writing dialogue and that is like really good for making jokes so it just escalated from there i do joke a lot when i'm talking right now i'm not actually joking too much i am kind of being serious in this podcast which is weirding me out i think it's because i'm kind of sick a little bit and i drank a little bit of beer not enough coffee so i am not on fire i'm just speaking i want to i want to pause to ask you a question <laughs> yeah you drink coffee before you write not always. I do tend to drink at least one cup of coffee a day just to keep going because I am I am pretty busy and I burn a lot of energy. Uh, sometimes I'm drinking tea while I write. Yes, I'm always drinking something. I tend to be caffeinated, so I guess that yes, I guess I, I do drink coffee. I started this question with no, I don't. But the more I think about it, yeah, I tend to write. I tend to drink coffee as I write. Okay. Um. Mm -hmm. So back on track. <laughs> you, you, you write dialogue as your humor. What, yeah, I write dialogue. I started, your... I started writing, writing dialogue. I just, I just realized, you know, I always joke around. I'm, a, I'm not a funny person, but I, I am a person who likes jokes. And I just, I, I was just comfortable about it, with it. And what influences me? I don't know, real life or just shit that I come up with? I don't really know. Like, for example, he quotes, long story short, things went down, has quite a few outrageous scenarios. Where did you get your ideas for this one? Uh, this is an interesting story and a short one, so you will like this. Uh, long story short, things went down. It's a quote unquote I'm famous story. For it to be truly unfamous, because, you know, people have to know who the fuck I am. And it was born out of this hate that I had that I already mentioned. I told you more on this later because I knew that this question was coming. Uh, I dislike it when people write the background ponies the same way all the time because I think that you have this amazing opportunity. You have this blank state character that people want to know more about, right? You have Viney Scratch. They want to know the story about Viney Scratch, but they don't know who Viney Scratch is. Just create something crazy, go fucking bonkers, flip a table, fuck a dog, you know, do whatever, but do something new, something that hasn't been done yet. Don't write the same Viney Scratch time and time again because uh, there's this thing called the Casanova Club that I just made up, which is when you have a particular character Usually, this character, if it's you know defined enough, only has one story to tell. Casanova is always about you know him falling in love with the only woman she can't sit, he can't seduce because that is the only story worth telling about Casanova. This famous scratch that the fandom was so into was you know like a like a easygoing mayor who walks fools around and has to learn what it means to truly be responsible or what it means to truly be in love. It was always about her learning to be like an adult every single story. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I want to write a story which I use every single major background pony that I can think of. And they are like the absolute opposite of what the fandom tends to make them. And you know, every single one of them was like always gentle and a good person. I was like, ah, fuck it. They're going to be sociopaths. And in the literal sense of the word, I just went down the list of, you know, sociopathic things. And I was like, okay, so this one is like an asshole. This one is this, this one is seven ponies with seven different personalities. And every single one of them is a monster. And then I just told the story with them. So the, um, the scenarios that came out from there 
were just born naturally out of the interaction of the character. I had a vague idea of what was going to happen. The story had a plot, but mostly it was me just releasing all these characters with like a huge personality as every single one of them and just see what they do as I write them. Just try to make it natural. Of course, sometimes you have to force the, the plot to go one way or another because otherwise you end up with something like Sainfield, which is good if you are talented enough. I am not, so I have to like force things to happen, you know. Every story is a mixture between inner conflict and uh, outer conflict. Inner conflict is born out of the characters, this intercharacter drama. It's written, but you don't really write it. It just happens as you go along, if you know the characters enough, or if you are good enough at being in character. Outer drama happens when shit goes on in the story that the characters cannot control. So, for example, two lovers falling in love, but then naturally getting angry with each other and eventually separating only to get back together, that is inner especially if it come, if it's born out of you know the actual characters if you look at the characters and you go this is going probably going to happen again the casanova clause that is in your drama if it's just that a fucking you know fire burns down their house that is out of drama you know that is something that happened even though they were not involved so this story was mostly inner drama with a little bit of outer drama thrown in there so that's where i get my humor from i just throw shit to the wall and see what sticks i also edit a lot a lot of people seem to think that, you know, because I speak so much and because I do write in bursts, I sometimes I sit down and write like 300 words, but sometimes I sit down and write like 7,000 in one go or 11,000 in one go. I have done that. Uh, but then I have to edit everything, you know, because I write a lot of stuff. I talk a lot. I write a lot. I am like filled with words that I throw into the page, but most of them tend to be shit. So part of the, of the magic between quotes, again, uh, is knowing what to take away from the story. I'm not really good at this. Sometimes I give things that should go away. But mostly my humor comes from just keep doing things, keep throwing jokes at the reader. You know, never stop throwing jokes and then take away every single one that doesn't work. You just threw three jokes per sentence for 1,100 words. Obviously, one of them is going to be good. Just build up from there. That's why I get my humor. Yes, but at the same time, if you just keep constantly throwing jokes at a reader, they're going to, it, it, it's like, it's like when you watch a gore flick and there's just gore upon gore upon gore and upon gore. They're going to become desensitized to it. It's not going to be funny anymore. It's not going to be shocking exactly. anymore. You can't just constantly write humor. You can't do that in writing. And I'm happy to hear that you're editing and I'm happy that things are funny. But yeah, of that, no, no offense, no, I really do no, not no, agree. Absolutely. You're absolutely right, Indy. That's what I write writing at least twice, right? Because I do say that I just... Uh, use rapid fire comedy and if you read anything like me that is true and in fact one of the major criticisms that Miss Numbers has of my stories is that they indeed have had too many books is that you know if you keep doing this the reader is not going to pay attention you know they get distracted because what were we talking about you just use seven jokes in one sentence I don't get anything so the trick is to trim down the story uh, some stories of mine kind of told that line, and uh, some of them were, most of them were, you know, relatively successful. I am really grateful for my readers because uh, some stories, you know, I don't have a single true flop in film fiction yet. Most of my stories have over 100 uh, upvotes and shit. That's pretty good. Uh, but yeah, I have, I had that problem, especially at the start. Really, I'm not doing it so much because first I write everything twice or so before editing. I'm not talking about, you know, writing everything and then editing editing it out. No, I'm talking about literally writing everything and then writing it again from scratch. And then once that I've done that, I start editing and then I start throwing away a lot of stuff. I kill my babies, as I like to call it, because it doesn't matter if a joke is good. 
it matters that it, it matters if the joke works. Part of how much a, a joke works is when you tell it and how you tell it. The content of the joke is not as important as literally everything else in the story, right? So you have to really work around. It's a balance. You have to strike that balance. I do rapid fire. My stories have way more jokes than you know other comedy work, uh, other comedy works. I can write drama too. As I said, I don't particularly feel inclined to to uh, write humor. I can write pretty much whatever. In fact, one of my stories is a drama, and it's like apparently, and it's just Rainbow Dash writing a letter to her dead father, and it's just that, right? And I wrote that not because I felt particularly sad, but because I saw a story on Tumblr that was exactly that. A character writes a letter to a dead person, you know? And I suffered uh, from insomnia, so I was awake, it was four in the morning, and Mr. Martin was out too, Australia. And I said, I just read the worst fucking story I've ever read. He was like, yeah? I was like, yeah, yeah, it was about a character writing a letter to his dead father, and you know, it was sad because, oh, my father just died, and that is horrible. And it was so bad. This is such an easy concept to make. This is not original. This is not hard. You can do this with like absolutely no effort whatsoever. He was like, okay, then do it. And I said, okay, fine. I write Rainbow Dash writing a letter to his dead father, and I made it, and I wrote 6,000 words. And I sent it to Mr. Numbers. And I was like, see, this is way better. And he read it. And he was like, this is like really in character. This is really realistic. And it's the most boring shit that I read in ages. Delete half of the words. Because uh, a story should be reality, but more interesting. So every single story that I write, you know, percent of what I actually wrote. I write a lot. But I have to trim down exact, a lot for exactly what you said. Because otherwise, the readers get tired. And don't worry because I have like a lot of editors. One of them is Mr. Numbers. How many times have I said his name? I have to think like seven gods. Uh, we have said him three times in the last hour and 15 minutes. Oh, do you want me to say it a lot so I can drink? No, that's, that's Mr. fine. Numbers, Mr. Numbers, Mr. Numbers, Mr. Numbers, Mr. We have a question um, coming up, which is going to be um, circled around Mr. Numbers. And so we are looking forward to that. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to drink a bit now. If you Oh, oh go, go ahead. Fine. You drink. Um, um, well, next I already, no, 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 no. I already drank. I'm not done. I was, <laughs> I was saying. No, yeah, I write rapid fire. What you said, you know, because if I just write naturally, it's going to suck. And I have a lot of editors who like read my story, and if they don't work, they tell me. Like reading of my story, don't worry. Most of them won't cause you to, you know, be overwhelmed. Because they, you know, they strike that balance out of, you know, either me going, okay, this is too many jokes, or people telling me this is too many jokes. Plus, if I do that, I can recycle the jokes later. I don't usually do this, but sometimes I do, and it's fine to have a backup, you know, because sometimes you're like trapped in a story, you don't know what to do, so you just go, ah, just, just, you know, use one of your stock jokes that nobody has ever seen. You just use it, and then you continue. It's kind of useful. I mean, it's a method of writing, right? Everybody writes differently, and I just do it that way. I don't know if it's the best one, but anyway, this is the end of the question. You can continue now. We're going to go to this question from Cyber Phazon, picking up from that. Um, okay. Which two questions would you, which two questions? Wow, great job, Priest. Which two characters <laughs> would you erase from Equestria if you had the power to? Uh, Spike and Fluttershy. Not because they are bad, but because I truly be well, maybe Fluttershy is better, but I truly believe that Spike is wasted. I truly believe that Spike could be a good character if written well, showed the street him well. In fact, the best character, the best Spike episode of them all is, and I'm sure that you agree with me, uh, Gone Breath of Fire. And it's not good because of Spike, 
it's good in spite of Spike. Spike does nothing but react to things he has no actual. The thing about Spike is like he's a little bit like Abelita in that he's a horrible main character, but he's a killer secondary character. He doesn't really work as the focus of a story, but he works as like the foil to another character. So if you have a story about Twilight being Twilight, erotic, having flaws, Spike is a good straight man to her. Spike is good at, you know, pointing out the flaws in her arguments or being the fool to her straight man or being silly because he's a kid. So she can be, you know, so they can be funny together. He can do this with pretty much everybody because he's a little bit sarcastic, but he's also a kid. He's also, you know, a little bit tired of everything, but he's also like super hyper now and then. Perfect for this. He's perfect for playing off characters, but he's really bad on his own. And that's why pretty much every single Spike character, Spike centered episode is fucking bullshit. And in fact, the Gauntlet of Fire episode, yeah, I remember this is a good episode, but it's not for Spike. This will be better with literally any other character. Like, you see the episode and every single scene that Spike is in, another character steals it. Either Rarity and Twilight in there, or the, the Dragon King, or the Dragon Waifu, or whatever, right? Spike is never the focus. That is my main problem. Yeah, and the other character will be Fluttershy, and this is because for, I don't know, season three, season four, I really grow to dislike her because she's not as much introverted as she's conflict avoidant. I also have like a like a uh, bias against against her and I'm really sorry for saying this but I find it a little bit hard to um to relate to quiet characters and to characters who speak really well. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know I'm trying to make a You're... joke here but no 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 I don't worry like don't just worry. quiet question it just, it just, yeah, I was saying, I find it hard, a little bit hard to relate to her. I know that some people is like that, and I love that some people relate to Flutter, and it's like, yeah, they, they need characters like them. It's just that she doesn't work for me for personal reasons. So if I could take a character from the show, it would be her. Because, you know, I am an introvert myself, right? And a lot of people don't believe me when I say this. A lot of people are like, the fuck you're an introvert, you haven't shut up in two hours, right? I'm like, no, you can be an introvert and be outspoken that I am like an example of this. Uh, introverted means that people tire you, right? That you can you can be with people for four hours, but then you need to be alone and quiet and then listen to music, read a book, refill your energy. Extroverted people, like say my mother, you know, I have like one of my immediate uh, relatives is like an extrovert, so I know how this works. They get energy from being around people. Being alone tires them, right? But the thing is, being introverted doesn't mean that you have to be shy. The problem is that Fluttershy, I think, caters to a particular stereotype that I dislike in that she's introverted and shy, and they kind of, you know, mix the two. Sometimes she's only shy, sometimes she's only introverted, sometimes she's both, sometimes she's neither. I, I dislike that. It's like, what is Fluttershy? You can just, you know, brush everything and then the shy rag and then call it a day, you know. Does she like being around people? If yes, then write her that way. If no, write her that way. But don't try to do both. Don't try to do, oh, no, she's just not really outspoken. She, she finds it hard to talk because she thinks that everybody's looking at her, but she doesn't mind people. Or, oh, no, she, she doesn't talk because she is an introvert. You know, I just, I just find that kind of destructive. It breaks my immersion. I don't see a character. I don't see an actual person. I see something that is written by somebody who sees it that way. That is the worst thing that can happen in the story. The worst thing is that you can see like the strings in the puppet. The moment you can see the strings in the puppet, you need to rewrite because you're. Hello. Did it cut out. Did he cut out. He cut out. 
Oh my god! Oh my god! I was so it was so familiar. What happened? I'm actually worried now. Are you okay? Oh my gosh! I think he's glitched out. I think his. Oh oh my gosh! Hello? Who murdered him? Which one of you guys killed him? It wasn't me. It was Mr. Number. It was Professor Plum in that frog room with the candlestick. Good God! I think we've all snapped. Um, okay, uh, I will say, Aragon, if you can hear us, uh, Please, shut down and restart the computer, um, restart Discord, see if that helps. Other than that, it's, um, honestly, for me, Aragon is, sorry, Aragon is, uh, frozen. Uh, I don't know if that's the same for you guys. I'm worried. Can, 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 we, can we, can we just take, like, a moment to appreciate the silence? <laughs> Somebody want to say, oh. Guys, I, I don't know how to handle the silence anymore. It's been so long. <laughs> oh, God. No, but we, we need to figure out where he's at. Um, you guys pinging him? You guys pinging him on uh, Discord? No, I didn't ping him at all. Somebody, please. I'm doing it right now. Okay. I'm gonna say because as much as I like the silence, you know, because I'm a quiet person, the, we kind of need the guests to do the thing. Hmm? I'm realizing something horrifying. Um, mm -hmm. I wonder how long he talked without realizing none of us could hear us. He's still going on right now. Oh, he, no, he's gone. No, 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 he's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Oh, he's he backed gone. out. I messaged him and he backed out like instantly, so I don't know what that's gonna mean. Hey guys, it wouldn't be the Good HIE podcast without technical difficulties. So how are you guys doing? <laughs> also, I think now is a great time to say a certain name because we have a drinking word. And, and my, my internet went down, ah, and I back. didn't realize until around 45 because I was just still talking. And then I paused, and then I made a joke about how, hey guys, you're not really talking for like. Um, you know, you're not really talking uh, now, even though you should. And then I realized that, you know, I was not um, connected. Sorry, my Wi-Fi went down. Sorry, that was kind of embarrassing. What was I talking about? I was talking about, oh. I, I don't actually like, remember. We don't know. Um, I do. I was talking about the strings of the puppet. When somebody comments on your story and they are like, um, you know, Celestia is doing this wrong or Luna is doing this wrong, they are not criticizing your story. They are actually in the opposite. They are flattering you. You know, it is hard to see it, but they are actually thinking as if the characters were real. You never broke immersion. They are reacting to the story as you want them to react. In fact, it's like the, the reader's mistake by, you know, forgetting that there's an author behind the words. But that is the best thing that can happen to you. When you don't think, oh my God, you know, J.K. Rowling really dropped the ball. When you think, oh my God, Harry Potter really dropped the ball, as in the character. That is the best thing that happened to you. Uh, what was the question? The question was, <laughs> what two characters do you erase from Equestria and oh, right. why? <laughs> and Spike. you said yes, Spike, because he's not utilized well enough on a podcast that hates Spike. And you said Fluttershy because you don't like Fluttershy in a group with someone called Flutterpriest. So I think oh, that summarized oh. it pretty well. Oh, right. Your name is Flutterpriest, isn't it? I never really thought about that. So, um, as I was saying, shy people are great. Fluttershy is an amazing character, and I certainly do not hate you. In no, it's fine. It's great. Right. I prefer Cadence anyway. You called her pink, and that's great. <laughs> oh, fucking yeah, she's pink. Just, you know it. You know it. 
I really hate to be so shallow. Like, why do you hate, why do you love this character so much? Oh, I like her color. It's like, whoa, a five-year-old would have to say that. And it's like, well, cool to hear that. Not that at least I have the intellect of a five-year-old. Anyway, we can go to the next question. How long have we been doing this, by the way? This we are an hour and twenty minutes deep. We have forty minutes left. So no, dude, we have a lot of time. Maybe you can even talk at the end of this, and you can actually enjoy this quite a bit. So far, you see. Not really. I'm going to speak for uh, remain for a few minutes. Sorry, I'm so sorry that you have to go. No, this. you're good. You know, I get I get making fine. jokes. I am going to have fun. You, however, are oh fuck! I forgot to send the podcast to a friend and now he's like so when are you going to link it to me this will be on youtube i'm going to ignore him uh if it helps um aragon will uh this will be on youtube afterwards and so you can send oh, it to all of your friends perfect. if you'd like i will yeah i will do that i will do that um this well i'm chatting uh, he's asking me how is the podcast and i say pretty swell i'm not showing up they hate me I'm having the time of my life. I'm reading this out loud. People are listening. Say hi. Aragon, did numbers put you up to this? I feel like he did. <laughs> Not really. This is this is a completely different person. This is Kiku. He's a guy who he's a cool guy. He's a cool guy. Or something in, in Team Thick. He's not really famous in here. He's famous on YouTube, though. Anyway, so yeah, 40 minutes left. Um, um, I'm pretty sure that's what we have. Yeah. Let's go to a question from Professor yeah. Plum. Oh, Professor Plum. Hey. Professor Plum is cool. We've had him on the podcast. He recommended that you join us. Uh, tell us oh. how Mr. Numbers really makes you feel. <laughs> oh, man. You know that he makes feel hot and bother, as the Australians say. Uh, I think that means attracted to them, I'm not really sure. One of the answers that I say all the time, the only reason why Mr. Numbers and I aren't dating is his outstanding heterosexuality. Because we're pretty much the same person uh, in two bodies. We are eerily similar. And I'm not talking about this kind of tiki. Well, of course, I'm talking about this tiki. Every person thinks that they are like super crazy with his friend. Of course, everybody thinks this. This basic sociology. But it is true that I have like I'm in the same wavelength as Mr. Numbers, like constantly, to the point where we make the exact same jokes. We come to the exact same conclusions about things, and sometimes you know we try to. It happened just recently. We made, uh, we are both writing a story at the moment, and we show each other the chapter, the new chapter that we're going to post, and we made the exact same joke in both, right? And at no point did we communicate this to each other. It's like, did we really make the same joke? Yeah, we rub each other way too much. I'm talking to Mr. Number. He's one of my three best friends, four friends, really. Uh, I talk to him pretty much every single day, every single thing knows about it it's like it's really my best friend by far if i ever managed to go to australia i just i won't even tell him i would just pop in his house and say like hi i live here now and he won't be able to pick me up because i know everything was like the last i even know like his girlfriends actually the last two women who have had sex with mr numbers both of them immediately went to skype to tell me about it why wait what why <laughs> yeah, I wonder. Please tell us about Mr. Numbers' sex life. 
thank you for that reaction because sometimes you know a lot of the time i tell this you know I, i tell this to people and they go well yeah you know and there's like no actual reaction i'm like no why do you find this normal this is not normal this is the opposite of normal well uh, they call this scaring the spider uh it's like uh, i don't know who made this up uh, maybe it was numbers maybe it was me the thing is it all started with his now ex-girlfriend because i I really dislike it when when people talk about their sex life with me. I find it uncomfortable a little bit because I am kind of a pussy. Uh, Mr. Numbers called me asexual once. I do not identify with that with that term, but only because I'm an idiot. I just don't give a fuck. Really, that is mostly it. So I don't really like it when people talk about sex with me. But they're, you know, when they do it like in a serious way, when they're like joking, I just fucked a cake. They're like, hell yeah, bro. Do high five, but when actually, like you know, I was just having sex with this girl. I was like deep inside her vagina with my human penis, and I just go, whoa, whoa, whoa slow down. Wait, 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 did you say? Did you say? Hold on, did you say with your human penis as opposed to non-human penis? Like, are you a xenomorph? Uh, my personal life is are not entirely. My personal life is not on trial here. We're not going to speak about that. I mean, uh, believe it or not, I talked with people who have had sex with animals, and it was horrible. It wasn't something that I enjoyed. I actually talked about this in a previous podcast with the serial angels who also had me, and they also suffered me, so you're not alone on this. And I think that we started the conversation with this. I met a guy once who had sex with his dog, and, and he brought this up to flirt with women. He would go to a woman and be like, hey, girl, I don't... I'm not really usually into human sex, but you are really pretty, and I think that I will make an exception for you. You see, every single Saturday when I'm bored, I fuck my dog, and he would then describe it. It's does like, the neighbor, does the neighbor hope, watch? I hope that you are joking, because holy shit, that is the worst thing I've ever heard. And the thing, right? I remember talking with this uh, about the ferret with, uh, you probably know her, Masked Ferret. He's, he's, um, an interview reader and a real friend, you know, a friend of yeah, mine or one of my friends. He's a user on FilmFic. Yeah, he's on FilmFic and shit, he's on XUDs, he's on Angels, he's really cool. And she was like, that could actually work with some of my friends. I was like, what? Really? And like, yeah, it will be pity sex, but not for the guy, for the dog, you know, like, which is, I think, the lowest you can, yeah, I have pity sex, but not even for me. Think that I rape every Saturday? Fucking hell! They are my human penis. Anyway, where was I? Yeah. So, Mister Numbers knows about your friend that fucks a dog. Yeah. Well, now I'm talking about Mister Numbers, who is not the same person. Shifty eyes. Now he really isn't. Spread rumors about Mister Numbers fucking dogs. Okay, that did not happen. Let's not make this a rumor or a running joke in that. Yes. So he knows this. He knows that it makes me uncomfortable a little bit. I'm like, please don't, don't talk. I mean, not uncomfortable. It's like, why can you not talk about this? It's kind of not my thing. So he knew this. And as we are best friends, he immediately went, okay, I'm going to talk about sex with you as much as I can because I truly hate you. And this is what the friends means in Australia. So he just did that. Every single time that he has sex, he comes to me and he explains it to me just to piss me off. And then he tells the women, and the women laugh, and then they come to me and they talk about it to piss me off and that's pretty entire story it's just like a um international web of people trying to piss me off it's a conspiracy man and it's happened and it's actually happened a couple of times and i have details i can like tell you what numbers likes in bed 
you know, which is information that would be useful at some point in my life. I can tell you that. I can also tell you what the web is telling me to. They, they have no sense of privacy when it comes to me. Like, this, this has happened a couple of times. Uh, when people really get to know me, they give me a mess of a dog. You know, you can shit in front of your dog and you don't really care. That's happened to me. People just get naked in front of me, you know? They're like, he's probably not even looking. And usually I am not, but then I look like, because you don't care. Like, yeah, I don't care, but you shouldn't be naked. So it's just like that. They just tell me everything. It's horrible. And I hate it. But they do it anyway. So. Already? Okay, yeah, okay. That, that in a nutshell is how numbers really makes you feel. <laughs> so. All right. Let's go, in, yeah. let's, go in, let's go to chat penguin lips. Who we are very <laughs> fond of and who runs our Twitter. By the way, we have a Twitter, guys. Uh, it's actually pretty cool. And Chap is a pretty cool dude for making sure that happens. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Chap. Um, for the longest time, for the longest time, I was absolutely sure that Chap was a woman because Chap penguin lips sounded like a, in Spanish, it didn't sound girlish to me because of the lips or something. So I referred to him for like two or three days till I think Picadess called him man. And I was like, oh, shit, I, I've been misgendered. Well, I'm just going to quietly rectify, you know, my thing. It's like with milk, only I didn't tell him. Also, Bylon, I thought that Bylon was a guy. I don't know what Bylon is. Bylon identifies as, oh, God. Uh, as, probably as, 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 as a shit post. As a rape condom. That actually makes sense. That actually makes sense. Anyway, yeah, so like I have troubles with people because I try to translate to Spanish. For example, milk, like the word milk in Spanish is leche, which is like a feminine word. So I read milk and I make the thing probably a one because you know, it's a feminine word and I just do it without with noticing. Sometimes I, I assign gender to people on film. It's kind of awkward when you know I get it wrong, and it's like, whoops, sorry for thinking you were a girl all the time or you were a dude. I never really noticed which pronouns you use because you know I don't really notice that. I just assume. So yeah, Chap is a guy. Chap is a guy. Chap is a guy. All right. Uh, definitely a guy. Ask a question from Chap. What's up with the call, 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 Edgar Allan Poe short bio? Are you secretly a raven <laughs> or are you Edgar Allan Poe on antidepressants? <laughs> I like Edgar Allan Poe, I like Edgar Allan Poe's poetry, and this was pretty much just, um, this was just me uh, trying to be witty and succeeding for once. I really like the quote, I think it's funny, you quote the raven, I don't think I am witty enough to top it up, you know, so I just said, you know, this is probably the best thing that I'm going to come up with, uh, so I'm just not going to bother changing it because I just like it. it. It has no real meaning. I just came up with it. The original actually was Quoth the Raven, Doo. I don't know what I thought of funny, you know, having like a rooster sound, but then I thought, why not like rose sound? That's funnier. And then I wrote it and then I laughed at my own joke and I was like, yeah, this is pretty good. I just kept it there. I just, I don't think I am weak enough, you know, to, to top it up. I just, I, I really like the joke. It's a really simple explanation. I don't know how I managed to make it this long, but it's just a joke that I like. I am afraid that it doesn't have any further meaning. All right. And now I shut up. Yeah, I, I was going to um, keep talking, but then I closed my mouth because I was, you know, taking a breath to keep, and I was like, nope. And then relaxed. All right. Um, we, now we have a question from Cyber Snuggles. It's a good question. Cooper, Cooper Snuggles. Um, they realize it's a bit of a generic question, but what is your advice for new writers? 
uh, I have advice from writers. It's always something that I say a lot. I mean, uh, you can always from the usual people. You know, you ask anybody, uh, give me advice. I'm going to read a lot, which is really, really good advice. You should read a lot if you're going to write. You should practice a lot, of course. But this is pretty basic. Everybody seems to know this. I want to to give advice. You know, not everybody gives. So it's actually useful. I think that one of the most important things you have to do when you write is to find voice. This implies many things. Uh, I know that it's super, super fucking corny to say to find your voice. I sound like you know the the coach in this kind of shitty sports movie that you Americans love so much. But it's actually a thing. It's the only way that I can talk about it. Uh, you know, to you have style, you have to develop your own style. But this is not as easy as it sounds. You need to practice a lot. And the first thing you need to do is to learn the rules, right? What does it mean to learn the rules? The rules of writing, you know, manage, manage to write one story, two, three, four, five, that are like never out of character, that they don't have absolute plot holes, that the writing is like grammatically correct, that it's like a standard story. Try to make them good, of course, write the original standard stories, please. Please try to write something that you could pick in a book and just see it. Don't try to accuse any kind of, you know, weird thing that do with it's my style. It's style yet. You don't have one yet. Okay, I'm sorry to say this. You have to practice a lot. Write normally. And then once that you feel that you master the rules, once that you think, okay, so this is not going to get better, learn what rule you want to break. Now, this is something that you will naturally as you are writing. As I said, I like rapid fire dialogue. I soon realized that I tended to write literally, I like beats uh, in my stories, character speaking and then reaction, and the reaction is just silence, right? Like, oh yeah, so I was, I was backing, I was backing apples the other day, and then I don't know, I killed apples, and there's like silence. And then, and then when Moses is like, what? Right? That is not a real joke, but that's something, just give just that as an example. Somebody say something shocking, that is like 75% of jokes out there. Something that shocks you, and another character reacts to it. This is the basic full straight man duetto, right? For this, you need a reaction. I realized that I, that I relied on the reactions a lot, and I always, I would always struggle uh, with the with the beat. You know, when in a comic you have like one panel that is like that has like no no dialogue whatsoever, and it's just the characters looking at each other. Sometimes in the same pose as before. There's a bit panel. There's a void panel that has no no new information, but it's still there. Uh, I wanted to do that in text form, and I realized that the easiest way to do it was to just write the word silence. So like Applejack say this silence, and then the reaction, right? Or a beat, or in one story even dramatic pause, right? This is a rule that I broke. This is not how you usually do. It. But you know, I was I knew how to write. And once that you've mastered the rules, you can start talking about your style. Because when you have a style, quote unquote, before learning rules, you're not actually having a style, you're committing mistakes. Maybe you want to fool yourself into thinking, no, this is my thing. But I remember one of the biggest things that young writers do, and I'm really sorry for saying this because you know, being a young writer and starting is one of the hardest things and the best things that you will ever do. Writing is like keep doing it. And you know, don't let your dreams be dreams and all that. But when have you ever seen somebody who's like committing a mistake and you're editing it for them? And you're like, you can't actually do this. This is wrong. You know, this is not how you use dialogue text. And they say, no, no, this is just my style, right? It's not a mistake. I just write this way. And you just go, um, no, you made a mistake. It's not the same. You can't use a full stop in here that needs to be a comma. And they go, no, 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 it's my style. 
Very well, yes, I completely agree with you. You're you're See? spot on. You are exactly exactly that mistake. That is not a style. I get why you have to make a style because first you need master the rules. You need to prove yourself and the work that you can write orthodox uh, in an orthodox way. And then once that you have done that, you will understand the rules. You know, it's not just memorizing; it's just knowing why the rules are there. Why do we say show, don't tell? Because usually showing better than telling. But I always think that that is half of the battle. Actually, knowing how to write is knowing when to show and when to tell. I tell a lot. I'm sorry for using myself as, as an example so much. Uh, I just like to suck my own dick now and then. But like I am the only writer that I truly, truly know because I am myself. So I'm just going to keep using myself as an example. Pause. Yes. Did you just? I, I'm I'm trying to make sure I just caught what you just said. Did you say that you suck your own dick now and then? Are you able? Are you capable? I heard, I heard it. I I was speaking metaphorically here. Okay. Myself. But also, okay. I am really flexible and uh, really comfortable with my own body, yes. Anyway, continuing with this topic. Yes, <laughs> go, please. Uh, yes. uh, so, introducing myself as a, I am aware that this makes me sound a little bit autistical, and I, and I apologize for this. But if it's of any consolation, smarter people than me have heard me talk about this, and they have a gift. Do you think that you're talking with Mr. Numbers or somebody with back to instead of me? Um, you need to master the rules. You need to, you know, show and tell. Yeah, you know, show and tell. Showing, always showing, never telling. It's only half the battle because you can never really do that. You need to learn when to tell. My stories are super telling. I literally have one story, and I'm going to give you the title. Is that curious? It's called "Flip a Coin and She Smiles." Um, oh, give me a second. A second. Milk is saying something. Okay, I'm going to read it. Because milk doesn't appear in the podcast. I'm just going to close this person so I get distracted. I have one story that is literally just telling. There's no show in that story. It's literally me, Aragon, telling you a story. I'm going to only write that because I already mastered the rules. Not master, but I understand why the rules are there. So I want, if you point a mistake and you tell me that is a mistake, I won't tell you this is my style. I would say, yeah, that was a mistake because I understand you think it's a mistake. And if the story itself doesn't make it clear just by existing that is not a mistake, then it is a mistake. Because what the readers will think will not be, oh, look at the look at the you know style of this guy. He will think this guy just made a mistake. And that is a bad thing. Uh, showing and telling. I tell a lot because I learn when to tell and when to show. How did I learn that? By fucking up all the time, by writing a lot, and by eventually learning. Why do we say show, don't tell? The thing about show, don't well, I'm not going to go out show and tell. That is a completely different thing. Although that is also advice. Be careful with that. You know, a lot of people tell you that never tell anything. I think that telling can be really, really good, especially, and I'm only going to say this once, and this is the only, only advice I'm going to, to give you. Uh, when it comes to showing and telling, you can tell something directly to the reader and it will give the impression of the, what you're telling is like super obvious. So if you write Celestia and Shaina are talking and, so, and you're writing from the perspective of Celestia and she says, uh, come in, Shaina and then Shaina comes in and then Celestia says, he was terrified. You're telling, but if you do it right, right, this won't feel won't feel like telling. People won't notice that you just fucking told them that Shining Armor is terrified. You know, and if you go uh, technical and if you don't read anything in context, just line by line, 
uh, you will go, well, actually, you should say, you know, you should try explaining animals, body and um, body language and everything, and yada, 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 because that is how you actually show that something is, is terrified. So the reader doesn't think, oh, he wants me to think something animal is terrified. The reader will think, oh, something animal is terrified. But if you can say this again, just outright say without context, he's terrified right now. And they continue the conversation. The idea that the reader is getting, if you do it right again, this is like about trying it one uh, again and again and again, whatever, read the rule, so master them first. Uh, the reader will think this is it's super odd that Sandy Rammer is terrified because you're not reading the author or telling you that Sandy Rammer is terrified. You're reading Celestia thinking he's terrified. And she doesn't have to think by the way he's in his ears and covering his face while crying and screaming, I am fucking terrified right now. I can deduce that he's terrified. This is fucking gross. He's fucking terrified right now. And that's it. And that's all that you're going to say about the subject. And it's so much stronger that way, right? So telling can be extremely powerful as a tool, especially in dramas, right? In comedy, you almost never tell. You always have to show, but you have to show in a fun way. It's super hard sometimes. In drama, you sometimes have to tell, but you can tell everything. You have to tell the important stuff. But it's not important for you, it's important for the characters. Not the same. It's a really complicated issue. So I guess that is my main advice. Master the rules and learn how to break them. And once that you learn how to break them right, what it's actually a style. And one of the best things that can ever happen to you is people reading your story and going, oh my god, I just read two lines and I went, this was written by R. Oh, what happens with me for some reason? That is that people just start story and they sometimes comment, oh my god. You could really give Aragon like a rant for his money. You really sound like him. And then 50 later, they come again, they like, wait a fucking second. You're Aragon, and you? Well, no shit, you sound like him. Which means that I do have a voice, which is like pretty fun. Pretty cool. How do you do this by writing for five years and being a horrible writer for five years? I'm really sorry, but there's like no shit. Practice and then learn when to break the rules, when to experiment, develop a voice. And this is also important. This is the last thing I'm going to Maybe I don't know uh, how how late it is, how much I can speak. You've developed your voice, uh, write two, three, five, seven, seven thousand stories with it. But once that you're comfortable enough, it doesn't make a change anymore. Break it and go out of your comfort zone again. So I became really really comfortable with with dialogue heavy story. So I went, okay, that's it. I'm not going to try this anymore. I'm going to try to generate the humor, not the dialogue from the narration, which is completely different. And I don't know how to do it, so I'm going to learn. And then you start all over again. You learn the rules, you learn the cycle that repeats itself. If you keep doing this, eventually you become a, a, a overall good writer. As I said, I'm not stepping in drama. I stepped out of my comfort zone long ago and said, can I write drama? And then I wrote drama, and I was like, oh, Kendra, what can I write? Can I write a tragedy? I've never tried. Let's try to write a tragedy and wrote a tragedy and it fucking sucked. It never wrote a tragedy. I can't write a tragedy yet. So that's what I'm working on. It's always like that. You always have to step out of the comfort zone. You have to force yourself. Never get too comfortable. If it feels easy to do something like just break this rule because it's more comfortable, don't break it. Just prove yourself that you don't have to break the rule. Okay? You can only justify your actions when you are like excuse, finally excused to do something when you can prove that you don't need to do it. That is mostly here. Know your limitations. Do not excuse yourself. Okay? Learn the rules, then break. I cannot hammer this enough. I actually sound like I, I agree. Hmm? Yeah? 
I agree. That was like a really okay. That was like a really huge rant. You can stop now because my throat is kind of dry because I got really excited in here. That, that actually goes into the next question because the next question is actually from King Moriarty, and he has a question for everyone else that that isn't Aragon. Also, also for Aragon, probably also too. for Aragon. Uh, but we'll we'll do our guest last. Um, actually, <laughs> actually, no, Aragon will let you answer this first. Um, the question is, how strongly do you regret your life choices right now? I'm having the time of my life. I am having so much fun right now. Like, I am, like, conscious because I realize that I'm not a A game. I'm sorry, I guess, that I am super high. But I'm, like... Aragon, are you, like, siphoning our joy here and using it to fuel your words? He just breathes in our life essence and is, like, yes. Yes. I'm, like... I'm like, I'm like, absolutely sure that the moment the, the chat ends, I go away. It will go fucking hell. Okay. What's unbearable? How am I going to edit this? I can just see Flutter Freeze being like, how do I do this? Can I just delete everything but the few seconds where he was not online? I just keep. <laughs> can uh, that be the best part? Well, please, pencil. please. Pencil. Yeah. How strongly do you regret your life choices right now? Well, I made two bad decisions today. Number one, I lay down without any alcohol by the bed. Um, and number two, I then tried to get up to get alcohol partway through the podcast and tripped and fell on my face. So that's two bad decisions right now. Enigma. <laughs> I was having such a good day. I just got a GameCube and a PlayStation 2 for nothing. And then this happens. Milk. Do what? How strongly do you regret your life choices right now? Right now? Not at all. This is the fucking greatest thing ever. No! <laughs> Thank you. Milk gets me because he never picks. And he's like, you're feeling my pain now, you motherfuckers. Damn <laughs> right. This is what it's like every week for Milk. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I can see I can see on the general good high list a message from Blade, the Impaler, who's like just Oh my god, Aragon, you do not shut the fuck up. Jesus man, Plum, you were right, Plum, sorry, Plum, you were right, you must not shut up. And I like I, I like how Plum is just like fucking see people think I'm joking when I say that I talk a lot. Like constantly when I say no, I have an idiot and I never shut up. And they go, ah you just a such a joke. Like Eventually, your choices are going to remain. See why I study law and economics? Because one of the. Ah, I can see that. Yeah, exactly. More than once, a teacher has told me I could be a really good politician if I didn't have any kind of moral compass. Because I am able to maintain a conversation for just so long that my oppositor doesn't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I start with a point, and then 15 minutes later, I'm talking about something. And, uh, and you know when the other guy turns, starts, he just goes, what? what? What was the question again? Which makes him look like an idiot. This has happened in classes. I had to debate some shit, you know, and sometimes the teacher has to like give the opposite an extra turn because I just spoke so much, so fast, and for so long that he just lost his arguments. It was like a great feeling. It's a really great feeling. This is what they told me. Really, really good presentation, but you need to speak a little slower so we can understand you. Because when you start so fast, people stop paying attention. 
similar to what uh, Flare was with what Priest said about the jokes, you know, if you keep throwing jokes at people, they're going to be over. Uh, I'm the same about the words. Uh, yeah. Regret your life choices, people. Remember when Miss Nampus was here and somebody said, I think it was Byron, said, Holy shit, Mr. Nam loves Aragon. Why don't we pick Aragon and put it like in the podcast? <clears throat> and the people at the same time, Plum, Nam, and me myself said, Fucking no. If you put Aragon in the podcast, Numbers is not going to say a single word. It's just going to be Aragon talking for two hours. And some people were like, <laughs> Lol, this is fun. It is not. We are not joking. Plum has consistently been telling people that I do not shut the fuck up. People never believe him. And I guess that you don't learn your lesson. So when I'm when am I coming back to this podcast? I, I wonder now. I can just throw you away. You can just just hit play and go away. And you know, I probably will notice. I spent 40 seconds speaking alone with my internet down and I just never realized I was you know, not being to people. I can speak to myself a lot because, again, I find it hard to shut up. So, anyway, we have another question or something because I'm still talking. We do I think have that another I question. It is, it is quite a question, actually. It is a wonderful question. Uh, if, if Priest, are you, are you willing to try to say this question, Priest? Which one? You know the one. From Blade? From Blade. All right. That's where we're at today. That's where we're at today. I don't. Do it. Do it. Um, you ever shat on a nigga dick during anal? I dislike Get the, the fuck out. out. <laughs> I just dislike the the, the use of the word uh, the A word. I am one of those people. I'm sorry. I'm kind of a social justice. Not a social justice word. But I'm like politically correct and shit. I try not to. I joke a lot, but I mostly joke for myself. I try not to make this kind of. Have I ever shot on a black person's dick with anal? Well, I said that I am. Uh, that my personal life is not a triumph here. I'm just going to say that, you know, when you're browning up chocolate, it doesn't look like what I'm talking about. Brown stain, really look. Don't really starting and contrasting. I'm losing my words here. I drank a, lot, a little bit of beer. It's really drunk. Uh, sure answer, answer yes. No answer, no, but oh, I still remember what? Mr. Oh, it's the drinking water. Yeah, I just finished my. Oh, <clears throat> oh my god, sorry. So I'm slightly drunk by now because I've been drinking now and then. Uh, whenever you talk under me, that's why I'm not talking. Uh, so slightly, slightly drunk, not completely drunk though. I'm still, you know, able to move and shit to recognize same basic colors. But yeah, I guess that long answer, yes, short answer, no, but, and there's like a really long but. Do you really want to hear a long but? Well, that, um, that, that I think covers it. I don't think we can top that question. That is the best question to end on. I'm actually really excited that that was the question we got. So. That that was two hours. Um, we have one really? thing. Yeah, we have one thing we tend to do at the end of podcasts, and that's we uh, we sign off. And yeah, we. So. Thank wait, you for watching the Good HAE podcast. Don't don't no no no. This is going to be super sad. Okay, people, I promise. To speak for a super long time from now on. 
I want all of you guys to go to the general chat on the good Human Industria uh, Discord server. And you see there's a message by Liz Eclair, 2.48 a.m. on my timeline. I don't know what yours in my time zone. And it says, you talk less than on angels. And Professor Plum is like, yeah, he's talking less than on zero angels. Because, you know, I wasn't there to shut your mom and parents too nice. I want you to, to acknowledge the fact that as bad as this has been, it has been way worse. On zero angels, it was apparently worse than this. I don't remember, but I apparently was worse. So Merry fucking Christmas, people, in here is Christmas Eve, and that was Aragorn on the good Humanity Question list. I hope that you enjoyed it. These guys didn't. I sure as fuck did. I couldn't answer all of your questions. I'm really sorry. I, I get that, you know, I didn't really answer any of your, uh, all of your questions, but whenever I took a question from you, I spoke for like 15 minutes, so you could burn millage from it. I will try to go through the podcast at one point later in the week, and then timestamp every single question that I got, and then blog about it, so people can just look for a question that they want to hear the answer to and just jump into that because this is two hours of me speaking not even my family want this to happen right not even my family want me to speak for two hours but you guys probably went there you know never did insult me at least to my face which is more than i can say to more people and you're totally cool about this whole thing so i'm sorry if i made you go through a bad time speaking a lot uh should probably Honestly, our audience seemed to like it a lot, and a lot of people in the audience are having a great time with this. Everyone seems to be having a great time. We had some of the most viewers that we've ever had on a it's podcast true. this week. Really? Yes, I'm not, I'm not shitting you. No, so, <laughs> that is like good. I have something to say. I have something to say. All right, Go Enigma. On. Go on, Enigma. All right. I wanted you guys not to shit talk me for once, but not like this. Not like this. You made a wish and you thought. Enigma. Enigma. Sweetie. Enigma. Enigma? Are you there? Yes. Enigma? I'm here. Merry Christmas. This is all you get, okay? <laughs> this is all the presents that you're going to get. And you may quiz, and it's true. I'm sorry it was that torturous, uh, this torturous for you. Also, can I go to the Twitch page now and look at the chat? Because I, have been, I haven't read any single comment. And I guess that they are not going to talk about the chat. They're just going to talk about themselves. But I kind of want to see the audience reaction to see how many people are hating me. But at least Liz liked it, right? And if Liz liked it, then it was good. And it was all I can ask for, you know? I really like Liz. I'm glad that she at least had a quote-unquote good time. So that was it, guys. I'm going to speak for support way too longer after this because it's kind of late. It's about 3 in the morning. I should go to sleep. I will not go to sleep in an hour or two because I only uh... go to bed 4 in the morning. I am a rebel. But I'm going to shut up. Pretty so thank you us... very much for having me. Priest hmm? is going to give us your sign-off. Uh, Priest, go ahead. Thank you for watching the Good HA podcast. This has been a non pencil. I'm gonna go find some alcohol. Enigma Akutaku. I should probably start drinking for the first time now. <laughs> I think I'm going to drink it out here. Oh my god, my throat is. Priest, go! Milk! My name is Warner Priest, and I have a special guest, Aragon. Thank you very much. Good night! <laughs>